This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. But you know what? They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show, sucker! School's out and summertime's here, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to head on down to Six Hags Cryptid Kingdom! Oh, yeah! All horoscopes point towards fun this summer at Six Hags Cryptid Kingdom! If you have an insatiable hunger for fun, then feast your eyes on the Windigo cards. For excitement that only comes around every seven years, try the Sky Brazil Irish Flight Simulator. I swear it was here just a second ago! <laughs> and if your little monsters are getting hungry, why not take them over to the lair of goblins? Ooh, snacks! <laughs> Take that special someone to Six Hags Krypton Kingdom and get carried away in the Shanghai Love Tunnels. Ahoy, sailor. Mom and Dad, why not drop the little ones off at the Codex Giggles Daycare? Then head over to our brand new adult theme park, Alex Jones Fun Bunker. Alex Jones here. I've been building my fun bunker for months. If you're sick and tired of living under the tyranny of your children and you're ready to blow the lid off your weekend, then come on down. Don't be sheepish. Why not enjoy Mel's Watering Hole featuring Lovecraft beer? It's got our seal of approval. What is that thing? And stick around for top shelf comedy at the Lost Colony of Rowan Joke featuring three-time runner-up and America's top college comedian, Divad. Hey, bud. Women sure are different of the men. Huh? Huh? So many great reasons to come on down to Six Hags, Cryptid Kingdom. And this summer, cut to the head of the line with the New Orleans Axe Pass. Or drop the hammer on savings with the Bonus Bender Family Fun Pack. It's our best seller. So come on down to Six Hags, Cryptid Kingdom, where the whole family gets its taste. Noise, noise, I, noise, I. Everybody, having fun in the sun. No, we're not, because it's the sun. The the sun sun. really sucks. Oh my god, it's yellow sun. It steals my powers. I'm reverse Superman. I was a mortal man. Now I can't do jack shit. I'm still on a singing tear. Reverse Superman. Oh, I hate the sun. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm David Flora. I am David Stecco. The sun-hating David Flora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I want to be a cave dweller. I yeah. spend, And you know what? But I spend more time in the sun than I want to. I ride my bike. I mm-hmm. played I played volleyball yesterday. Idiot. Yeah. It was an idiot move. Do you know I shaved my beard off because there was too much sand in it? And Ooh. I got so tired of like trying to get it all out. I was like, fuck it. The beard's coming off. <sighs> yeah. Uh, uh. I actually like volleyball. Hashtag summer problems. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag trailer. Welcome page. to blurry photos, everybody. Oh. Uh, we, man, we're we're gonna have fun with this one. Yes. Don't, don't come here looking for a bunch of a uh, uh, learning and and a but. Oh well, we we kind of put that in the description of the yeah. podcast. We're like, Oops, hey, you're you're gonna learn something with with yeah, us. Le- well. We're gonna learn something weird. Remember that? that Not was, this time. Remember when that was our hey, learn something weird. We used to do that. Yeah, real creepily. Yeah. We used to get arrested a lot, Then too. I used to smell their hair. Hey, learn something weird. <laughs> what are you pushing me for? What are you, whoa, 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 whoa. I was just sniffing your hair. Apricots? No? Okay. Mm. 
That's we're weird. just gonna have fun this episode. We're just having fun. Just having fun. We're having fun. We're talking about campfire ghost stories. Campfire ghost. Campfire ghost stories. Um, it's told the Bay HR Giger. Yeah, just uh, you know, once a year we we get Giger let, let loose and go frog Gigerin. Get Giger with it. Tell some tell some silly stories. Yeah, a lot of these are they're terrifying. Are just don't harrowing. listen to this episode if it if it's dark out. You need like high noon, middle of a baseball field. Yep, friends and loved Put a ones around you. On. Yeah, God's sake! You need all the support you can get because of the emotional heft of these stories. Just heft. Yeah, <laughs> you 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 prepare yourself mentally. If you haven't yet, pause the episode. Yep, I'll do, give you do a chance a, to do, do that right push-ups. now. And we're back, but uh, but we've we've got some picked out. You know, yeah. like like we do. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get back to our roots a little on this one. The roots, our our ruts. Yeah, I like um, being in a rut. So yeah, we're just we're just gonna have fun, tell some stories. And is that if that's too intense for you, then fuck off. Well, if you if you're if you've got to stick up your butt, then fuck off. Yeah, and we're just having fun. All just having I want to do we're is tell fun. people to fuck off. We're just keeping it real because we're keeping it real because we're keeping it real. So I, I guess since since we've paused and and I'm thinking about it, everybody take a minute to go over to our blurry photos fan page on Facebook. Oh God, that thing's awesome. Clairvoyant Katie set that up yep. and it is populated by some of the nicest people on earth. That's right. Uh, join the blurry Eva ranks on there. I, th- I think they post stories and, and stuff to each other. You and can also talk sh- about yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, it only hurts my feelings stuff. Uh, so yeah, go over and, and hit them up, uh, join that group. And yep. it, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people have said, Hey, set up a forum on your site or something. This is a, a good in between yeah. for that. That's, yeah, I that's think a good that. way to interact got, with other got, blur readers. We, we as we we just had our um, our live chat last night. Yes, as, our live as, stream as, as of this Patreon. recording. Um, we were talking about like how we there's a lot of things that we still want to add and do, but we we have not bitten off more than we can chew, but we've bitten off as much as we can chew. We are chewing as hard as we can. We're we're swallowing and and subsequently pooping out product. I, but, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling but, good. I feel like I'm getting caught up. Yeah, at least May was a tough month. Was a very tough month. We but, had uh, uh, we had all the the Patreon stuff. Plus we had the uh, Ms. Cryptid contest. Yeah. Uh, plus Flora was in rehab for a few days, mm-hmm. and then and then when he got out of that, right back into dehab, which you know you should have known. Which that. we we had talked about not discussing on the podcast. My bad. But, my bad. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> but June June's been nice. June's been a nice catch up. Yeah. Um bonus track is on its way out for for May, yeah. yeah. There oh um one thing I want to throw out there, the podcast awards. Oh yeah. We didn't win. No way. <laughs> we we are quickly becoming the Leonardo DiCaprio of podcasts. Yeah, that's okay. We get more attention for that. There was another uh podcast that deals in paranormal stuff and also fancies themselves jokesters who won. Oh no way. So they're better than us. I guess so. Yeah, so be it. I guess it used to be that NASA just kicked our ass. Now anybody can line up and do it. Yeah. Yeah, so be it. We're the darlings of the indie circuit. <laughs> but thank yeah. you all for, for voting yes, and taking thank the you time guys so much. to go into that and cast your, your votes collectively and individually. But let's let's get to the frights okay, at hand. Yeah, I just figured I'd ask. And sure. Then, no, that's good. All right. This one's called Raw Head and Bloody Bones. I'm not going to read it like that. It's just... oh. Come on, that's a long. Why don't you do your New Orleans accent? Everybody loves it. Oh God, yeah, people get so mad at us, like for weird sh. Like, well, we just we're just being silly. This story will be read in a New Orleans accent. 
Make sure to get your snicker bars and Vienna sausage <laughs> We're ready. back in a deep wood there, let a scrawny old woman who had a reputation, ha <laughs> ha, being the best conjured woman in the Ozarks. Ah, sh- there's there's regionality in here. Oh, can't be. It's got to be in the Ozarks. Yep. You're so lucky. <laughs> you better put that snicker ball and Vienna sausage away. <laughs> See, the th- the thing is, we've been doing that forever yeah. because way back in, what what was it that we Skateboard watched? Skateboard Swamp. Yeah, it was the uh, or Honey Island Swamp Monster. Honey so Island Swamp Monster. We watched sort of a video uh, of somebody in New Orleans that was or, or just outside that was like, uh, yeah, giving tours uh-huh. in Honey Island, and he's like, yeah, sometimes we go on down here and get to we just get ourselves a snicker bar and uh, Vienna sausage, and we just go out here on the swamp and have ourselves a yeah, we look we look for that Honey Island Swamp Monster. Like like those are the like oh, I'm going for a hike. Honey, do we have any Snicker bars and Vienna sausages? Right, those are the right. things you want. And and from then on, Dave and I have been like, yeah, hey, that's that's it. That's, that's our Cajun accent right us. there. Snicker balls and Vienna sausage. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's just do some stories. Who cares, man? New Orleans has like 16 accents. Yeah, and they uh, all are beyond my capability. Half of you sound like you're from Jersey. Yeah, Ryan down here. <laughs> Where's your accent, tough guy? Josh. Hmm. Didn't hear much accent out of you, sir. Anyway, (laughs) you guys are awesome. Uh, We don't give a shit. We love it when you get mad at us. Yep. Who cares? Way back in the deep woods, there lived a scrawny old woman. Well, I'm going to need some kind of accent. Okay. Well, I'm going to need some kind of accent. Way back in the deep woods, there lived a scrawny old woman who had a reputation for being the best conjuring woman in the Ozarks. She had her bedraggled black and gray hair, funny eyes, one with yellow and the other with green, and her crooked nose. Old Betty was not a pretty picture, but she was the best there was at fixing what ailed a man. Oh, black Betty. Bam, bam. And that was all that counted. Old Betty Bambalam's house was full of herbs and roots and bottles filled with conjuring medicine. The walls were lined with strange books brimming with magical spells. Old Betty was the only one living in the hollow who knew how to read. On account of her granny, who was also a conjurer, had taught her the skill as a part of her magical training. Witch! Just about the only friend old Betty had was a tough, mean old razorback hog that ran wild round her place. It rooted so much in her kitchen garbage that all the leftover spells started affecting it. Some folks swore up and down that the old razorback hog sometimes walked upright like a man. <laughs> One fellow claimed he'd seen the pig sitting in a rocker in old Betty's porch, chattering away to her while she stewed up some potions in the kitchen. But everyone discounted that story on account of a fellow who told it with a little too fond of moonshine and he was drunk. Am I getting a little Betty Ebersol here? It's a, it's a mixture of that and, and Boone County. Yeah. Budweather Select. Budweather Select. Rawhead was the name old Betty gave the Razorback, referring maybe to the way the ugly creature looked a bit like some dead pigs come butchering time down in the hog scald hollow. That's where you go to scald a hog. The Razorback didn't mind the funny name. Rawhead kept following old Betty around her little cabin and rooting up the kitchen leftovers. He'd even walked to town with her when she came to the local mercantile to sell her home remedies. 
Well, folks in town got so used to seeing Rawhead and old Betty around town that it looked mighty strange one day around hog driving time when old Betty came to the mercantile without him. Oh, where's Rawhead? The owner asked as she accepted her basket full of home remedy potions. The liquid in the bottle swished in an agitated manner as old Betty said, I ain't seen him around today, and I'm mighty worried. You seen him here in town? Nobody's seen him around today. They would have told me if they did, the mercantile owner said. We'll keep a lookout for you. That's mighty kind of you. If you see him, tell him to come home straight away. Old Betty said. The mercantile owner nodded in agreement as he handed over her weekly pay. Old Betty fussed to herself all the way home. It wasn't like Raw had to disappear, especially not on the day they went to town. The man at the mercantile always saved the best scraps for the mean old Razorback, and, and Rawhead never missed a visit. When the old conjuring woman got home, she mixed up a potion and poured it onto a flat plate. Where's that old hog got to? She asked the liquid. It clouded over and then a series of pictures formed. First, old Betty saw that good-for-nothing hunter that lived on the next ridge sneaking around the forest. good-for-nothing. Son of a bitch. Rounding up Razorback hogs what didn't belong to him. They don't belong to you. One of the hogs was the raw head. <gasps> then she saw him taking the hogs where? Well, hog scald hollow. He's gonna scald my hog. Where folks from the next town were slaughtering their Razorbacks. Then she saw her hog, Rawhead. In case you forgot his name. Rawhead slaughtered with the rest of the pigs and hung up for gutting. The final picture in the liquid was the pile of bloody bones that had once been her hog, and his scraped clean head lying with the other hog's heads in a pile. Old Betty was infuriated by the death of her only friend. It was a murder to her, plain and simple. Everyone in three counties knew that Rawhead was her friend, and that lazy hog-stealing, good-for-nothing hunter on the ridge was going to pay for slaughtering him. I thought about putting another name in there, changed my mind too filthy. It implied what he did with the hogs. With his penis. We, we all know. Okay. We know. Now, old Betty tried to practice white conjuring most of the time on account of her nascent racism, but she knew the dark secrets, too. She pulled out an old secret book her granny had given her and turned to the very last page, where it said, Guten Abend, thanking Z, A. Hitler. <laughs> I assumed that it was Mein Kampf. That's not what it said. <laughs> she lit several candles and put them around the plate containing the liquid picture of Rawhead and its bloody bones. Then she began to chant. Rawhead and bloody bones. Rawhead and bloody bones. The light from the windows disappeared as if the sun had been snuffed out like a candle. <gasps> Dark clouds billowed into the clearing where old Betty's cabin stood, and the howl of dark spirits could be heard in the wind what pummeled the treetops. Rawhead and bloody bones! Rawhead and bloody bones! Betty continued to chant and chortle and shake her giant jowls until a bolt of silver lightning left the plate and streaked out through the window, heading in the direction of the hog scald hollow. When the silver light struck Rawhead's severed head, which was piled on the hunter's wagon with the other hog heads, 
It tumbled to the ground and rolled it and was touching the bloody bones that had once inhabited its body. As the hunter's wagon rumbled away towards the ridge where he lived, the enchanted raw head called out, Bloody boobs, get up and dance! Immediately, the bloody bones reassembled themselves into the skeleton of a razorback hog walking upright, as Rawhead had often done when he was alone with old Betty. The head hopped on top of the skeleton, and Rawhead went searching through the woods for weapons to use against the hunter. He borrowed the sharp teeth of a dying panther, which was convenient, the claws of a long-dead bear, which he'd been saving for a special occasion, and the tail from a rotted raccoon that, you know, honestly, who didn't have one of those at that time, and put them on his skinned head and bloody bones. Then Rawhead headed up the track towards the ridge, looking for the hunter what had slaughtered him. Rawhead slipped past the thief on the road and slid into the barn where the hunter kept his horse and wagon. Well, old Rawhead climbed up into the loft and waited for the hunter to come home. It was dusk when the hunter drove into the barn and unhitched his horse. The horse snorted in fear, sensing the presence of Rawhead in the loft. Probably also spare... Wait a minute. It's a razorback that walks on two legs with bear claws. It's a man-bear pig! With panther pieces. <laughs> With a, spring, with a sprinkle of panther pieces and raccoon giblet. Wondering what was disturbing his usually calm horse, the hunter looked around and saw a pair of large eyes staring down at him from the darkness of the loft. The hunter frowned, thinking it was one of the local kids fooling around in his barn. Land of Goshen, what do you got those big eyes for? He snapped, thinking the kids were trying to scare him with some crazy math. To see your grave. <laughs> Raw head creaked weirdly. The, the hunter snorted irritably and put his horse into the stall. Very funny. Ha <laughs> ha, the hunter said. Then he came out of the stall. He saw Raw head had crept forward a bit further. Now his luminous yellow eyes and its bear claws could clearly be seen. Land of Goshen. What do you got those big claws for? He snapped. You look ridiculous. <laughs> Rawhead intoned softly, his oh. voice a squeaky nightmare that raised the hairs on the back of the hunter's neck. He stirred uneasily, not sure how the crazy kid in the loft could have made such a scary sound. It, if, if it really was the crazy kid, because child crazies were a problem then. Always. Feeling a little spooked, he hurried to the door and let himself out of the barn. Rawhead slipped out of the loft and climbed down the side of the barn behind him. Well, Rawhead's like a ninja. With nary a rustle to reveal, to reveal his presence, Rawhead raced through the trees and up the path to a large moonlit rock. He hid in the shadow of the huge stones so that only things showing were his gleaming yellow eyes, his bear claws, and his raccoon tail. What did he get from the panther again? Teeth. Sure. I think boars have pretty sharp teeth, too. He's got tusks. Yeah, it's not bad. When the hunter came level with the rock on the side of the path, he gave a startled yelp. Staring at Rawhead, he gasped, You nearly knocked the heart right out of me, you crazy kid. 
land of Goshen. What do you got that crazy tail for? <laughs> to sweep your grave. <laughs> Rawhead boomed, his enchanted, squeaky, clinky, creaky voice echoing through the woods, getting louder and louder with each echo. The hunter took to his heels and ran for his cabin. He raced past the old well house, past the wood pile, over the rotten fence, next to the piggly dog, around back of the 7-Eleven, well clear of all about foods, and into his yard. But Rawhead was faster. When the hunter reached his porch, Rawhead leapt from the shadows and loomed above him. The hunter stared in terror up at Rawhead's gleaming yellow eyes and the ugly razorback hog's head, his bloody bone skeleton with its long bare claws, sweeping raccoon's tail, and his gleaming sharp panther teeth. It was teeth you were right. Ooh, land of Goshen, what do you got those big teeth for? He gasped desperately and ignorantly, stumbling backwards from the terrible figure before him. To eat you up like you wanted to eat me. Rawhead understatedly roared, descending upon the good-for-nothing hunter. Well, he's good for hunting. The murdering thief gave one long scream in the moonlight. (sighs) Then there was silence and the sound of crunching. Nothing more was ever heard of the lazy hunter who lived on the ridge. His horse also disappeared that night, but sometimes folks would see Rawhead roaming through the forest in the company of his friend Old Betty. And once a month, on the night of the full moon, Rawhead would ride the hunter's horse through town, wearing the old man's blue overalls over his bloody bones with a hole cut out for his raccoon tail. In his bloody bear-clawed hands, he carried his raw, razorback hog's head, lifting it high against the full moon for everyone to see. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's uh, that's old bloody bone. That's all raw head and bloody bones. It's kind of like a headless horseman, but man bear pig version. How terrible! <laughs> yeah. That was a- that was a rough one. You know, Damn. something we've never done is uh, some of these stories have comments. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was it was okay, but no great. <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch out. Oh, that's like a warning. Sage advice. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's a ghost story. Wow. Think you can sleep tonight? I don't, Probably I don't know. Not. I've already pissed my pants. I already whizzed my dockers. All right, Dave. I'm going to give you a choice. You can pick the next one. But this is like, like picking the switch that I'll be. Here are your choices. Number one, Hungry Hut. <laughs> you have a hard time beating that. Number two, Run for Your Life. Number three, The Backpacking Journey. You're not even coming close. Number four, The Witch Cat. <sighs> You're getting closer, but Hungry Hut. Hungry Hut. All right. Hungry Hut. <laughs> As picked by uh, Mr. D. Stecco. That's me. This next one is called Hungry Hut. One day I took my fishing rod and went out into the woods. Must have walked for miles until I came to a part of the river that looked like a good spot for fishing. However, the fish just weren't biting. And, try as I might, I couldn't catch a thing. Oh. It was evening and the light was fading, so I decided to go home. However, in the twilight, I got disoriented 
and became lost in the woods. I wandered around in circles for almost a damn hour. Jesus! The light was fading and night was falling fast. Just as I was about to give up hope, I came across a small cabin, half hidden in the bushes. It was old and dilapidated, but I could see a light in the window. When I got closer, I saw that there was a man and a woman outside. The woman was dressed in a shawl, and the man was wearing pants, but no shirt. As I approached, they both froze and stared at me suspiciously. Who are you? What do you want? The man asked gruffly. I'm lost, I said. I came out here to do some fishing, but somehow I got disoriented, and now I can't find my way home. Do you have a phone? A phone? (laughs) The man chuckled. We ain't got no phone out here, but you're welcome to stay the night with us. And in the morning, I'll draw you a map so you can get home. (laughs) I thanked him, and he brought me into the house. We sat down at a table, and his wife filled a bowl of soup and handed it to me. It was a little more than boiled water with a few vegetables thrown in, but I ate it gratefully. Hadn't caught any damn fish. Unlucky. After dinner, they told me I looked tired and said it was time to go to bed. They brought me to a room, and since there was no bed, I had to lay on the floor. I felt drowsy and could barely keep my eyes open. Just as I was about to drift off to sleep, I heard hushed voices outside my door. The man and the woman were whispering to each other. Quiet! You'll scare him away! The woman whispered. We haven't had any meat for a month. Woofies tonight! The man whispered back. Hand me the damn axe! You don't have to swear, you know. As soon as I heard those words, my heart sank into my stomach and my hair stood on end. My meat started to tremble. I quietly got up and opened the window. I climbed out, quick as a flash, and ran like mad. And other similes. I ran faster than I had ever run before. Like a gazelle. I ran like a gazelle shot out of a gun right into another simile. I ran through the darkness, not knowing which direction I was going. It was pitch black, and the branches of the trees whipped against my face. I ran and ran until it started to get light, and eventually, I came to a road. I waited there for almost two damn hours until a car came along, and then I stuck out my thumb. I stuck it out so hard. Luckily, (laughs) the car stopped for me, and the driver gave me a ride back to my village. My village? That's right. I live in a village. Hipster. Yeah, I bet you were thinking that the shirtless man was going to be driving the car. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't. It's okay. As soon as I got home, I told my story to everyone who would listen. Some of the people in the village wanted to go to the police. Probably a constable if we're in a village, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> but the older people just shook their sheriff. heads and said, mm, do no good. Mm-mm. Actually says, would. It would. <laughs> would. Well, it's a regional dialect, like steamed hams. <laughs> An old man who'd lived in the village all his life told me something that shocked me to the very core. <gasps> he said that many years ago, when he was just a child, a lot of people disappeared. What? They went to the forest and never came back. Many of them were children, and nobody knew what happened to them. Nobody seemed to give a sh. One day, the men in the village organized a search party, and they went into the woods to see if they could find any trace of the missing people. 
They searched for days, but they found nothing. Bupkis. This is a goose egg. A, a village full of inept assholes. Right. They can't catch fish, can't find kids. Uh, kids in the woods. Just as it seemed all their efforts would be in vain, they came across a small hut hidden in the bushes. There was a man and a woman living inside. They were acting suspiciously. There was also a terrible, overpowering stench coming from the hut. The villagers found a trap door in the floor of the hut. This sounds familiar. There was a padlock on it. The man and woman said it would lead down into a cellar, but they refused to open it. Eventually, the villagers broke off the lock and opened the trap door. When they peered down into the darkness, their eyes were greeted by a terrible sight. Hello! Richard Simmons was down there, <laughs> sweating to the oldies. I was to just the greeting, damn oldies. I was just greeting your eyes. There were piles of human bodies stacked up like butchered meat, and among them lay a little boy. His hands were bound and his mouth was gagged and he was crying. The disgusted villagers rescued the young boy. Then they took the man and woman over to a tall tree and hanged them on the spot. What? That's the end of the story, bro. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That's where it ends. Or does it? It, it, does. it does. Oh, okay. That's all that happened. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Dun, 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 Hungry Hut. Yeah, the Hungry Hut. That's like the two benders. Re, mm-hmm. re, re, up their so, so the the guy found ghosts. That's what the deal was. That we're gonna kill him. Right. There's there's a little little cross in the streams in that one. Yeah, a little, like. little hole in that one that maybe you could ride a horse know. cart through on your way to the village. Hungry Hut. <laughs> That's the name of the restaurant I was gonna open. Yeah. Why don't you? Best meat pies in London. It's priest. Listen, try a little priest. Listen, man, I get it. Is it any good? I get it. I get it's it. too good. Well, at least there's a lot of meat on a person. I get it. I get it. You see that guy? You haven't eaten. Just saying, I get it. Dave Stecco, sociopath, comma cannibal, comma podcaster, <laughs> comma podcaster. All right, all right. I got one here for you. All right. This one's about gentlemanly agreements, and it's called the handshake. <laughs> was the sweetest, prettiest girl in Goldsboro. Yes, sir. golly, she sure was. It even says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) All the local boys were chasing her, and quite a number of the fellows from the surrounding countryside were, too. All the girls were jealous of Polly, because they didn't have no sweethearts to take them to the local dances or teach them grammar. Oh, and to their horse-like faces. (laughs) They all wanted Polly to choose her man so things could go back to normal, (laughs) cried out loud. But Polly was picky. None of the local boys suited her, and neither did the fellows from the backcountry. Then one day, good old George Dean came home from university, and Polly was smitten. What an egghead. It Polly was hot. <laughs> Polly completely dropped all her other bows when George came courting. And her pants. Nice. And it wasn't long before George proposed and Polly accepted. Why, Polly started making preparations for the wedding and shopping for items to fill in her new home. George wasn't too interested in all the fripperies and wedding details. <laughs> he left the women folk to get on with it and started spending time down at the pool hall talking about his nascent sexism Uh-oh. with some of his buddies. Pool. Well, that starts with P, which rhymes with T. That stands for... Trouble. Oh. 
right here in Ghost Story Town. Right here in Shiver City. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nailed it. That's where he met Helen, the owner's saucy daughter. Oh, shit. She had bold black eyes and ruby red lips, and a bad girl air that fascinated George. He spent more and more time at the pool hall, and less and less time with old Polly, who finally noticed, in spite of all the hustle and bustle and spending of his money, sexism. <laughs> Polly, of course, was furious. She immediately confronted George with the story, and he couldn't deny it. Suddenly, George had to toe the mark. See that mark there, George? Toe it. I want you to get right up, snuggle right up against it there. His pool hall visits were over, and he spent every free hour he wasn't at work by her side. That didn't sit well with George, but his family backed Polly up, so he went along with it. Oh, not even married yet, but the resentment is strong. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah, it's a, it's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> the day of the wedding dawned clear and bright. The guests filled the sanctuary, and the pastor and the best man waited patiently in the antechamber for the arrival of the groom. But George didn't come. Eventually, they went searching for the missing bridegroom and found out he'd left town with Helen an hour before the wedding. Ooh. Ouch. With dread, Polly's mother went to tell her daughter what had happened. Polly, all bright and shiny and lovely in her long white dress and soft wedding veil, turned pale when her mother broke the news. Then she stiffened, grabbing her left arm as a sudden pain ripped through it. She was dead from a massive heart attack long before she hit the floor. Golly. See, Polly was fat. (laughs) She had been eating a whole cake at the time. A few days later, Polly was buried in the churchyard, still wearing her white wedding dress and veil, because the store wouldn't take it back, you know. What with the bowel evacuation and all. (laughs) The whole town came to the funeral and wept at the passing of such a beautiful young girl. All the guys had the saddest boners in town. (laughs) George and Helen, who had spent the week happily honeymooning in the Outer Banks, arrived home at the very moment that the black... (laughs) In the Outer Banks? That's right. America's destination spot arrived home at the very moment the black-clad crowd exited the churchyard. Wait, wait, what? The black-clad crowd. Clad crowd, okay. They were wearing black clothes because it was a funeral. But it was a black-grad cloud. Nice. They had just gotten out of school. Could have been a black-rad cloud. Get get it all out. That's right. Could have been a (laughs) black-lad crowd. Could could have been a a Black Hawk down. (laughs) No, that's just silly. 23 Skidoo! (laughs) The minister had to pull Polly's father off George before he killed him, and both George and Helen's family disowned the couple right there in the streets in front of everyone. Which was legally binding at that time. It was in front of everyone. The couple fled town in disgrace. Well, as it does, time passed, and eventually the scandal was forgotten. What passed? Time. Totally said time. I did not say pime. (laughs) I heard pine passed. Well, you're drunk. Oh, you're right. Not a word of it a lie. <laughs> Until the day George's father passed away. It was rumored that he was to be buried in the local churchyard just a few plots away from the girl who had almost become his daughter. Suddenly, the story of Polly's jilting was revived and the folks wondered aloud if George would dare attend his own father's funeral. Spoilers, of course he would. It's his father, you f***ing idiots. What's wrong with you? But George was too clever for them. He tunneled under the funeral. <laughs> And it greeted the casket as it was lowered into the ground. I made that part up. Okay. <laughs> At this point, I don't know what to believe. <laughs> but George was too clever for them. 
He waited at an inn outside of town until it was dark, and then he went to the churchyard to pay his last respects to his father. As he unburdened himself at his father's graveside, that doesn't sound right. George took a sweet George heard a sweet female voice calling his name. George looked up in sudden hope. Was that his mother come to forgive him? No! It's me! Then he saw, rising from the grassy mound under a spreading oak tree, a figure in a long white gown and a soft veil. A fat figure! Her eyes and lips were yellow flames beneath the veil, and the rotted wedding dress glowed with a white, with a white yellow light. It was roly poly Polly. George's body stiffened because he remembered old Polly. Oh, yeah. Gross. George's body <laughs> stiffened, shudders of fear coursing up and down his arms and legs. He put a shaking hand to his mouth and staggered backward. The other hand outstretched to ward off the specter floating towards him. The spectral bride cackled with angry laughter and swooped forward until its hand closed over George's outstretched one in a terrible parody of a handshake. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> the grip of the spectral bride was so cold it burned the skin, and so hard that the bones crunched as it squeezed. I belong into the church, George. The glowing bride whispered. Through the veil, George could see maggots crawling in and out of Polly's flaming eye sockets. No! George gave a final cry of despair and wrenched at his hand again, and suddenly he was free. The spectral bride gave a roar of rage as George ran pell-mell down the church lane and out into the street. Pell-mell is a serpentine. It's the kind of thing Rickon should have pulled, but... Stupid, stupid Rickon. The Stark no one ever cared about. Rickon, in the old language, it means target practice. <laughs> You're mine, George D. If what this world, then the the spectral bride howled after him. By the time George reached his room, the fiery pain in his hand and arm was seeping through his entire body. He rang desperately for the housemaid and begged her to send for a doctor. Then he fell into bed and stared at his hand, which was black and withered, as if it had been scorched long ago by a fire. Black and red streaks were climbing up his arm so fast he could almost see them move. George was unconscious when the doctor arrived, and the swelling was already extending into his chest and neck. There was nothing the physician could do. The injury was too severe and had spread too far. Within two days, George was dead. Polly had gotten her man at last. <laughs> the Handshake. Probably not the best title. <laughs> maybe True. maybe uh, 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 pretty Polly's pell-mell pugilistic pocketing of power move. Pulmonary arteries. P- p- power, power hands. Broken hearted and wedding <laughs> okay. dress shot in. There you go. There's a scary tale. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a tale. It's a tale. What we got? All right. I've got some folklore from Virginia. Oh, well, then I look forward to your Virginia Slim accent. This is called. It's the accent of a person who smoked Virginia Slims their whole life. Oh, honey. <laughs> Harvey Fierstein reads. The Witch Cat. Oh, it's The Witch Cat. Okay. One windy day back in 1850, a handsome young man whose wife had died the year before arrived in a small Virginia town called Poon Holler. No, it wasn't. 
Well, it, was, it was called Cooch's Crossing. <laughs> he brought with him his young daughter, a wagon full of household goods and tools, and enough money to buy a small plot of land and burn a rep mule. The townsfolk were kind and showed him several parcels of land that were for sale. I love this voice. It's like White Billy D. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got like planets and moons. I love That's it. So I got, no, I got no, no, planets I, and moons. No, no, no. I like this voice. I couldn't. This is a, a nuance I couldn't hit. <laughs> Before he decided, he went walking through the back country and found a nice piece of land beside a wide steel pond. When he asked about it, people said it wasn't owned by anybody. Why, it once belonged to a family that had left those parts after a string of misfortunes. Nobody said much, though they tried their best to get him to change his mind. Red flag. (laughs) But nothing would do except for that land for his farm. People in the neighborhood helped him get started. They had a house raising to build him a cabin and a barn raising the following week. What was the barn raising to help him build? (laughs) Self-esteem. Of course. (laughs) Team building. Character at that point. With the last of his money, he bought a horse, a cow several chickens. He worked hard clearing the land, getting the fields ready for planting. His daughter milked the cow and fed the chickens, and they seemed happy enough, though the townsfolk told one another that such a fine man should get married pretty quick. Give himself the sort of companionship a man needs, if you know what I'm saying, and give his little girl a mother, if you know what I'm saying. I was hoping for it. Sometimes when his day's work was done, Farmer would fish for a while on the banks of that pond, staring dreamily out across the waters that turned gold, then red, then purple, as the sun set. Dream of the time he could have a, well, a nice young woman for companionship, if you know what I mean. One evening at twilight, he saw a small skiff coming across the water, pulled by a tall, slender figure. The glare of the fading sun made it impossible for him to see whether it was a man or a woman once on the railroad. <laughs> Who knows what that is? Who knows? Somebody's on that skiff. But when Skipping. the boat was near shore, he saw the stranger wearing a bonnet. He was sniffing what she was skiffing. A moment later, as the skiff landed smoothly, a young woman's voice called out, Oh, hello. Help me up, will you? She extended a delicate hand, pale and fine as bone china to him. Like a man in a dream, a farmer reached out and took it, helping her out of that boat and onto the shore. A woman pulled off her bonnet shook her curly black hair free. <sighs> that feels more to my liking, she said. <sighs> All that rowing can really wear body out. <sighs> For a moment... He didn't answer her. She hadn't asked a question, so he didn't have to. So he took advantage, you see. But he was fascinated by her wide green eyes, pale skin once again, bringing that pale skin up. Ladies, you don't have to be worried about having tan skin. Pale skin's just fine, just fine. And lips as dainty and red as a rosebud. Why, she kind of looked like Delta Burke. But y'all wouldn't know about that, seeing as how this is 1850, unless she's a vampire. The legends are true. (laughs) At last, he remembered his manners, removed his hat, and said, Tom Morgan, at your service, ma'am. Are you lost? Not a bit. (laughs) She said with a laugh that he wished she hadn't. My name is Eleanor Fay. I live over across the pond. She gestured toward that far side where the willows and cypresses were tangled together. 
I figured it was time I called on my new neighbor. <laughs> Hi, okay. Still in a daze, Tom invited her up to see his cabin and barn and meet his daughter, Effie. Eleanor ooed and awed as he pointed Ooh. out the new house and barn. Oh. <laughs> and the chicken coop with its coat of fresh paint. Oh. When she reached out a hand to stroke Effie's hair, the child, clinging to her father's trouser leg, began to cry and wouldn't let the woman touch her. Let me touch your child. A shy little thing, isn't she? Said Eleanor with a polite laugh that showed her white teeth. Tom, horrified at that laugh once again, but feeling badly, tried to get his daughter to apologize, but she ran away suddenly. Well, I'm sorry about that, said Tom. She's not usually shy with strangers. No matter, said Eleanor easily. We'll become good friends before long. (laughs) It was now nearly dark. I have to be going, the woman said. Next time, I won't come by so late. (laughs) Tom walked her down to the shore. He offered to row her back across the pond, but she said, No, thank you. I've been a widow for five years and doing fine for myself. I'll manage just fine. It seemed that a pole barely touched the water before the skiff slid quickly and silently toward the shadowed far shore. Tom stood staring for a long time, till he could no longer see Eleanor or her boat in the gathering dark. After that, Eleanor came almost every day to visit. If you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Once she brought a jar of homemade preserves. Another time, it was a lace tablecloth. Why, she was just full of gifts for him. Mainly just those two things. <laughs> Tom was enchanted, but Effie hid if she could get away. If her father forced her to stay inside when Eleanor visited, she sulked in a corner, staying as far away from the smiling woman as possible. Eleanor would blink her green eyes, which seemed flecked with gold, as if she were holding back tears. The gold, golden tears but she always made a show of excusing the child's actions. When Effie's father asked her why she acted the way she did, Effie said, I don't know. I just don't like it, Papa. This bothered Tom a good deal because he had fallen under the spell of the young woman and was trying to work up nerve enough to ask her to marry him Well, once you after ex- a few days. Once you exchanged preserves and a tablecloth, now you're just being an idiot. He never went across the pond to her farm. She said she preferred to visit him and get away from her chores. And anything she said made sense to him, (laughs) if you know what I mean. In addition to Effie being difficult, Tom was troubled by something getting at his chickens. Night after night, he would be aroused by a blood-curdling cat scream. If you know what I mean. Followed by a fluttering and squawking from the chicken coop. Each time he ran out to see what the matter was, He'd find one or two of his chickens missing and the feathers scattered all around. He probably had a thousand chickens to go through because it just kept happening night after night. Effie had bad dreams of a huge cat with blazing yellow-green eyes that climbed through the window of her room and curled up at the foot of her bed, waiting for her to go to sleep so that it could suck the breath of life from her when she did. 
It's a weird assumption. <laughs> One morning, Tom found her barely breathing, and there was a round spot in the bedclothes at the foot of a bed, as if something, a cat maybe, had curled up to sleep there. When Tom went into town to pick up supplies, the townsfolk took him aside and whispered to him that Eleanor was a witch that lived beside the pond because it was enchanted, having been sacred to the Indians who had lived there long before the white men had arrived. Thank you so much for this timely information. What, after you helped me move in uh, and did not tell me when I could have simply purchased a plot of land elsewhere. They also said she'd done away with her husband by black magic, though no one was clear how this had been accomplished. (laughs) The young farmer refused to believe them. You're just jealous of my good fortune, he said. (laughs) Oh, that was the end of that thought. Folks in town shrugged and went their own way. They knew what they knew. His daughter got more sickly and Tom began to fear for her life. Desperate, he went to the neighborhood conjure man named Zeke Franklin. The old man was a white witch who helped people, especially those troubled by black magic. I can't say for sure who's witching you, said Zeke. But I'll give you something to help. <laughs> something to help. He got a little bottle, and into it he put a dried snail, mummified spider, and the toes from the left foot of a tree toad. A hard thing is getting tiny bandages to wrap the spider mummy in. He added a bit of bat's wing, then corked it, tied a string around the neck of the bottle. That'll do her, I reckon, said Zeke. Next, you take your hunting knife, sharpen it up sharp as a briar, and then keep it under your pillar at night. Tom hung the bottle over Effie's bed that night, and from that moment on... She had no more nightmares, but he kept his hunting knife home to a razor edge under his pillow. In the morning, Eleanor came to visit him and expressed disgust at the jar Zeke Franklin had given Tom. That's foolishness, (laughs) she said, sounding downright angry. I don't have any patience with nonsense like that. Not allowed. While Tom tried to explain that the conjure man's jar had kept Effie from nightmares, Eleanor ran back to her skiff and poled across the pond without ever once looking back at him. Frantic, Tom shouted after her, but she ignored him. In misery, he returned to his cabin while Effie hugged him. That night, something got into the chickens again and tore them apart out of sheer meanness. I may have lost a lot, Tom said angrily the next morning. But I'm not going to lose any more, that's for damn sure. Uh-huh. So he sent Effie into town to stay with neighbors. That night, he moved the few remaining chickens into the barn and hid behind some grain bags near the windows. He hadn't been in hiding long, and he heard the wind rise, followed by a rumble of thunder. A minute later, rain began pounding on the roof shingles while the wind howled through the cracks in the walls. Tom was not a man easily frightened, but the power of the storm began to make him uneasy. And the power of Christ compelled him. Then he heard a yowl that sent a thrill of terror up his back. A moment later, he heard a pounding on the doors, as if huge fists were beating upon it. Tom raised himself into a crouch. At the same moment, a monstrous cat with flashing yellow eyes leaped at him through the window of the barn. 
The man sliced the air with his knife to defend himself. The briar-sharp blade caught the cat's right paw, severing it completely. The cat gave a shriek of pain. Yellow eyes blazing, it fled out through the back window. Tom stumbled out of the barn like a man in a nightmare. A line of red drops led toward the shore. Though the rain was washing the trail away, he was able to follow it easy enough. At the water's edge, he saw the mark of a boat's prow in the mud. Far out where the rain-pocked lake was lit by flashes of lightning, Tom saw a skiff skimming the black water towards the opposite shore. He shouted after it, but the wind and thunder drowned out his cries. In a moment, he had launched his own boat and was rowing across the storm-lashed pond. The storm ended shortly before dawn. The neighbors who had care of Effie came to the farm later when they had begun to wonder why Tom hadn't come to claim his daughter. Silence lay over the farm. The tracks of a man's boots led down to the shore of the pond, now silver in the late morning sunlight. Some brave villagers rode across the lake at noon. On the far side, they found Tom sprawled lifelessly on the muddy shore. Clenched in his fist was the severed paw of a cat. In the rude cabin farther up the shore, they found Eleanor Fay collapsed face down on the floor. When they turned her over, they found she was dead, and her right hand was gone. The witch cat! <laughs> I like that story. That man died. Yeah. Died for love. Well, nobody was straight with him. That's the village's fault. That's true. All they had to say. Yeah, that's was, a witch, witch house. Watch out for the witch. Witch, witch pond. Yeah, look out for the witch. Curse, she, curse pond. She looks super, super smoking hot, but dude, that's witch poon. You don't want it. Why do I keep saying poon? All right, I got one last story here for you. Okay. This is one's. It, is it set in the South as well? I as hope all so. of our others have I hope been? So. This one's called Run, Run for Your Life. From the Tingler. The Tingler. Sarah hated her job at the mall. That was one reason she liked the track so much. By the time she finished a run, Sarah had usually forgotten about her idiot boss and all those annoying customers. Ugh. The customer's always right, her boss would repeat like a dick. Sarah knew... Sarah sounds pretty cool. Sarah's a f***ing badass. All Sarah knew is that sometimes they gave her a real pain in the neck, and that was actually about two feet below her neck, right in the lumbar. No, wait, she had that weird torso problem. That's her ass! <laughs> I, I barely followed that. <laughs> right? So every day after work, Sarah changed into her, her running clothes and shoes and drove over to the high school track to bully some kids near her home. <laughs> Another thing that was cool about the track was that few people used it. It was great to be outside and away from the crowds of the mall. So she lit a doobie. <laughs> she sparked she- a doobie. She blazed a J, and after a couple of hot bong rips... <laughs> from the J. From the J. It was a bong J. <laughs> she knew that she was going to get higher than she'd ever been before. <laughs> Today was different. Sarah was surprised to see more than 30 people going around in circles in the growing twilight. She'd been there a little later than usual because she had worked some extra hours because her dickbag boss asked her to. I guess it's more popular at this time, thought Sarah as she began warming up. After a few laps, Sarah felt a sharp pain in her stomach. Oh, I shouldn't have had those pretzel nachos. 
It was normal to have a few aches and pains at the beginning of a run. They usually just went away after a while. It's it, normal? Yeah. What? You're the runner. You tell me. It's supposed to hurt the whole time. I, I die afterwards. Oh, okay. They usually just went away after a while, but this pain was getting worse. Then a terrible burning burp came up Sarah's throat. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> that spaghetti sauce is trying to kill me. She's so cool. She said out loud, remembering what she had for lunch and tasting it again. Sarah slowed down and began walking. For the first time since she arrived, she began looking closely at the people going around the track. They were all walking slowly, and they were all dressed in church clothes. What a bunch of freaks, Sarah thought. Oh man, they are. I, I, I agree with her. She began to run again, but it was no use. The pain wouldn't let her. Sarah was now moving as slowly as the others. Soon an old man in a brown suit started walking next to her. Sarah noticed that his face was very pale, and there was something strangely familiar about it. Sarah, he said. I have something to tell you. Oh, you are totally gross, old man. <laughs> F*** off, <laughs> mortality. Stop creeping on me. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> Sarah stopped and began to ask him how he knew her name. But then as the old man turned to face her, she saw that the other half of his face was completely eaten away. Oh my God. Two-Face from the so Batman series. Screaming, Sarah started running. Forgetting about the pain, she ran as fast as she could, around and around the track, mindlessly. Uh, she ran to the parking lot, but her car wasn't there. So she kept running, and she ran and ran and ran, and then she ran. <laughs> she finally looked over her shoulder, hoping that the old man wasn't somehow chasing her, and there was no How one there. old do that? Yeah. Sarah began to slow down, and then she saw her car up ahead in the middle of the street, surrounded by a group of people. Suddenly, she remembered who the old man's Sarah's horrible dad. face She's already belonged dead. to. Grandpa? She gasped. <laughs> but he's been dead for like 10 years. Seriously, Grandpa. Don't God. come to school with me. Ugh. It's so embarrassing. Seriously. Gotta put this on Snapchat. My God, my friends are gonna think I'm so lame because my grandpa's half dead and he's like trying to run track. And you know what? You look terrible. You can't run in a suit, Grandpa. I can't apply enough filters on Instagram to this make is you look like Lululemon. It's designed for athletic wicking, Grandpa. Too bad I don't sweat and I can't use the wicking feature. Glistening. The pain in her grandpa. stomach. <laughs> grandpa. The pain in her stomach came back stronger than ever as Sarah wobbled down the street. If I am pregnant, I am going to live my f***ing mind. I can't even. It's going to be summer camp all over again. I know it. I won't go back there. She seemed to float past a crowd surrounding her car. As she looked in through the cracked glass, Sarah saw herself. Her lifeless body was crushed under the steering wheel. Her eyes were open but saw nothing. And there was a dark growing stain over her stomach that wasn't just spaghetti sauce. What was it? Oh, my God. If I stained that sweater, it was, like, super expensive. I had to put on layaway for, like, three months because my dad wouldn't give me the money. The end. Guess what? Sarah was already dead. But since her stomach didn't start to hurt till she was running, she's technically in a position of super position. She was occupying two spaces simultaneously in a quantum state. So, Schrodinger Sarah. Yeah. So then someone looked in the car and the entire super position collapsed in on itself. But guess what? She was still interacting with other particles. Gram particles. <laughs> 
as they raced around the track, which is probably just a metaphor for uh, an electron, orbit of a, of a uh, electrons orbiting a nucleus. Yeah, you're right. This is like some pretty deep science. Yeah. Larry Photos. If you start reminding people what they're listening to, yeah. Larry Photos. Larry Photos. All right, Flora. Wow, Sarah. Nice try. Doesn't ca- No, that nice was not try. a dick attack. <laughs> it was a lap toss of a book uh-huh. and a gentle lap toss. Gentle lap toss is my stage name. <laughs> Tulsa. All right. Wow. Uh, so what would you do? What would you do if you suddenly saw yourself? Oh, that is actually easy. Ghost slaps. I would start ghost slapping people. Oh, other people? Yeah. Not yourself? All the all the looky loos that came around, I'd want them all to be like, and then something slapped me. <laughs> is that what you would do to me? Would you would you ever try and come back and and like make contact after you die, or or would you just not give a? Fuck? I would not give a. Fuck. See, you're an asshole. Yeah. After no. doing this for four years, you wouldn't you wouldn't do me the the nope. nicety of of mm-hmm. being like here's here's what you got. Yeah, you know why I wouldn't? It's, I'd be doing you a giant favor because you'd sound like a nutter. You'd sound like you'd gone around the bend, and I'm I'm going to do you the favor of withholding that, that. That would be the ultimate prank. You you would just that's that's like trolling me from the afterlife. Yeah, except you know what you know what I do is I just punch you square in the balls like every fortnight. You Lame. want an eternity? You want an eternity of cock slaps? Because you get them. You keep going. You just keep it up, Mister Cock Slaps. <laughs> Two eternities. I can I can do this all day. Here's what you got to understand: a cock slap is very different from a nut punch. Okay. Yeah, they <laughs> each of them in their own way is. I think that a cock slap is is more uh, emotionally insulting. Yeah. Well, don't slap my dick. Slaps in general. Okay, enough of this. I've got to end us on a poem. Perm. And don't forget when you're all sitting around your campfires this summer. Grab ass and hot as hell and trying to keep the mosquitoes off of you and all the West Nile and Zika and whatever else get, they want to scare you it. with. Getting all of it. That's part of camping. Get, get that out of there. You're regaling each other with, uh, oh, with so your stories regaled. of terror and scurring us. Uh, I want you to remember a little four stanza poem. It's real short, mm-hmm. but it's a love story. It's very nice, uh, and and it's a good palate cleanser for everybody. Okay, it's called "Fuck Off, Grandpa." It's called "Fuck Off, Grandpa." Grandpa. My uh, my ending poem for us for Campfire Ghost Stories this year is called "Your Hand in Mine." I hold your hand in mine, dear. Oh. I press it to my lips. I take a healthy bite from your dainty fingertips. What? My joy would be complete, dear, if only you were here. But I shall keep your hand as a precious souvenir. Hell. The night you died, I cut it off. I really don't know why. For now, each time I kiss it, I get bloodstains on my tie. I'm sorry now I killed you, for our love was something fine. And until they come and get me, I shall hold your hand in mine. There's a lot of unwanted eye contact happening right now. <laughs> that's messed up. It's creepy, spookly, dookly. But, but that's what love is. Love is murder and disembodiment. It's cutting your hand off and holding it forever. Your hand after it's cut off. Oh, my God. You know, How do you like that? Yeah. You know what else I want to know? No. I want to know what puns are. I jumped the nut gun. Nutshell yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Nutshell them. 
Well, that'll do us for some campfire ghost stories. Da, you know, da, 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 da. we uh, it was it, and that those stories are in a um, mostly southern bloody. Oh my god, nutshell, nutshell. Uh, uh, I'm eh. allergic to nutshells. Is that grandpa? Free? I'm allergic, grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> I thought uh, it was. I thought it'd be fun to do a ghost stories. We we're a little early, maybe. I, I don't, don't give a don't, f- man. Okay, I know you don't. I know you yeah. don't. But I'm just saying. Okay. We we've got October coming up, which yeah. is Ghost Story Central. You, it actually is coming up now. Like that scares the Jesus out of me. The Jesus wasn't in me, but boy, whatever was left, it's gone. It it packed up its briefcase, its pamphlets, and its new fucking testament, and it got the shit out of me. It's like Gideon's Bible. Deuces, bitches! I ain't coming back. Doesn't even care about the security deposit, which it wasn't getting. Oh. That uh, it's been a while since we've had a ghost story episode, so I, I thought it might be fun to throw one in right now. I like that. You know what else I want? No, I want to know what puns is. Or <laughs> you go. Uh, I would if I could. I got one. I'm gonna start off puns here. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna take it from me? Okay. Yeah, I am. You don't know. Uh, you know, there's a, a product that's available. It's a it's a small, uh, discreet adhesive uh plastic thing uh, uh tag with some electronics in it that uh if you download the accompanying app from the app store on your smartphone you can track it and you'll actually get alerts if uh if it gets too close and it's called grandpa tracker so he can't sneak up on me it's like if he starts shuffling too close my phone will tell me even if i'm texting they're like alert grandpa's coming <laughs> grandpa tiger Grapes, meh Ah, it's so gross. Eh, Kate, eh, ah. Keeps saying that he loves me, and then ah. he wants to tell stories about ah. things that don't matter anymore. Ah. All right, all right, all right. Grandpa Tracker. That's a pun. Sponsor for the podcast. I, I have a certain annoyance, I, I, I think it is. You, you know, when you're on the farm, and oh, you yeah. wake up in the middle of the night, because all your chickens are just going nuts, and you oh, run yeah. down there, and they've all got red bottoms yep they're like welted yeah and red and stinging yeah they're they're puffy butts yeah puffy puffy butt chickens yeah well you've been you've been visited by the switch cat oh you know there's a uh a bakery shop mostly did uh breakfast foods things like that you know muffins and the like but they hired a a new baker so inept that they i strongly suspect that this baker never even worked in the industry before people came in Somehow, just in just in cutting up the dough, managed to cut his hand, but not put a Band-Aid on. Ew. And didn't even, like, actually have the oven heat set right. So when people came in, um, you know, they would buy a loaf of bread, and they'd cut it, and it was just dough. Ugh. And I, I mean, it was an awful thing, and it got into the local newspaper, and the headline was, Raw Bread and Bloody Scones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and did I mention that the baker was a giant ambulatory pig skeleton? Y- yeah. Oh, good. Oh, no, you didn't. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, well, I've got a I've got a place that's a little off the beaten path. Good. It's uh out in the woods, kind of hidden away. You really yeah. have to, to really just, just get lost to, yeah, before you find it. want it. But it's a it's a restaurant. Oh, good. And it's it's very chic. So it, it's chic. it's very high class it's an elegant place it's mm-hmm. you know like only the the 
I love elegance. I celebrate uh, it. Only the high rollers go there, oh, and yeah. it's it's written about wins a lot of reward uh, of awards and rewards, and uh, and is written about in all the big food, the New Testament magazines and stuff. <laughs> you know, like cooking mags and stuff. Well, um, it's funny because you go there, you get a lot of raw meat. Oh yeah, you, you know, it, it, things are are served Undercooked. rare, like very rare. Yeah, but it's it's in fashion. It's well, it's, yeah. it's totally it's all a mode. Yeah, it's the hungry hoat. Oh, nice. Forgot the hungry hut. <laughs> I would have made a pun about a hungry butt, but that's because I am hungry the lo- I'm the lowest brow there is. The you know, the the thong store. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> Did it. Them's puns. Them's puns. And now it's time for you to horrify us with the stories that are not necessarily fictionalized, but nonetheless terrifying. It's listener. Listener mail. Listener mail. From a male or free male. Snail mail. Never arrived. You, you can't does it stop hurt, the does beat. It, does it hurt you? You can't. You can't slice up the beat and then I make did. fun of each each hot track. I did. I did slice up the beat. God, it was tasty for a while. Yeah. Well, then I sliced it up and served it. I got some shout outs for us. S O's. These uh the these are given shout outs to people who have sent in suggestions or just like hey love the show. Thank you guys are fun. Let's shout let's, outs. Let's, props. Let's go. High fives and verbal hand jobs. Shout outs. Uh, and props. High fives and verbal hand jobs. Uh-huh. It's weird when there's no beat, huh? It's weird. It's weird when there's no beat backing tracking. Beat. Uh, just anyways, want to give a shout out to uh, Genitor. Yes. Tyler. Uh, to Not Helping Matters. Mike C. from Portland. Hello, Mike C. Little Miss Bones. Portland. From Down Under. Little Bones. General Ironicus. Oh, General Ironicus. Your real name's Grant. Now everyone knows. Oh, shout out. Taco Moose, <laughs> who actually has a quick joke. What do you call a flying creature that is extremely fat in the face? What? The Jowl Man. Nice. Uh, shout out to Craft Apocalypse. Yes. To Rob. Hi, Rob. And to Matt Squatch. Matt Squatch. Thank you guys for writing in. Thanks for uh, suggestions and, and lovins and all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I got some listener mail here from the Amused Muse. Amused Muse. Amused Muse. Just wanted to say uh, that your Brolander intro sketch in the St. Germain episode. The Krogan. The Krogan. The Krogan. Had me laughing uh, so much I was walking into work. I'm pretty sure people's dogs were looking at me funny. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Mission accomplished. Uh, I don't think this raises to the level of a penalty box. This is going to be on me. I just know it. Hmm. Which reminds me, we're not going to do it because it's too late now, but we, we, I do owe the people a penalty box. Oh, I think I might owe one too, but I don't know if we've gotten to it. Okay. Um, but referring to Bonnie Prince Charlie, a.k.a. the Young Pretender, as Englishman might get you listed in the c- column in ne- next month's Scots Magazine. This is how much we listen to our own damned episodes. Right. Uh, I don't even know what you're referring to. We, Yeah, we're, we're not even sure. I mean, you're yeah. absolutely right, I'm sure. Oh, don't Definitely, worry. But- th- there's a permanent page in, in Scots Magazine that just has our name on it. Here's the thing, man, with uh, English history. 
That is convoluted. That's true. It is tough. Really matters when, I guess. But you're right. I can't remember. Whenever it comes to the Scots, you're going to get your ass kicked if you say Englishman. That's every true. Time. That is true. It's just a universal fact. The first episode of this year's Miss Cryptic Contest has reminded me of something. I dearly hope that uh, your store will someday offer items featuring the Boone County Wood Snoot. Oh. Yes, we do talk about that a lot. Uh, I can't, can't, I don't care if it's a t-shirt, a trucker hat, or a koozie for one's Budweiser Select. <laughs> I would buy such things immediately. I we, We've actually discussed a few different ideas for Boone County Wood Snoot merchandise. Uh, unfortunately the thing that's tough is that we have so many ideas and and truth be told uh we love you guys you guys have you know you you support the podcast but there's like a minimum order on everything and it and it really bones us so so if we hear so if you want boone county stuff like please write in let us know tweet it at us or whatever (laughs) and then we'll know that that's the thing we should do uh, keep up the good work. I've been listening to your show for more than a year now. Thank you. Thank and you. Still look forward to it every week. Cheers, Amused Muse. Thank Amused you, Amused Muse. Muse. Mew, 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 good to hear mew. from you again, uh, Dave. We've heard from Alex the Hoopy. Well, not a harpy. Hoopy. Calm down. Does Alex is Alex mean that Alex is a hula hoopist? Yeah, I can only assume yes. They call each other themselves hoopies. What does your mother call you? Started listening a couple weeks ago. Loving it. Wanted to give props to Dave for the singing in the rain reference during an episode, one episode's listener mail. I think maybe that was Moses Supposes. Oh, maybe. Uh, I love singing in the rain. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Also, a heads up for some of your listeners during a couple of episodes, especially ones that mention ancient aliens, I started feeling a bit off. It took me some time, but I finally figured out it was the same feeling I got when watching the History Channel. Went to see the doctor, and after some tests, I found out that I was sucralose intolerant. Nice! I got gut pains and gas problems every time that fucker shows up on TV. Sends a request for more dry fuss and more angry badger noises. We do owe people more dry fuss. People love that. We don't do it enough. When I think about the lack of dry fuss in an episode and how that has to make all our listeners feel, I feel like all of them are making a dry fuss. Come on! Come on! Come on! There's one. Right in the scales. Yep. Another question for us, if Jeff the Talking Mongoose is actually holding down a job as a Cobra exterminator, is he actually a cryptid? He's been through a couple of office jobs. At one point, he was able to get dental insurance, and dentist, who apparently was like, yep, I cleaned the teeth of a Talking Mongoose, whatever, his insurance is good, until it wasn't. <laughs> At what point does Jeff stop being a cryptid and become just some weird, hairy, creepy exterminator? If Sasquatch started working as a lumberjack, would he or she still be considered a cryptid? Or just a slightly less hairy than usual lumberjack. I think that uh, Jeff will always be a cryptid because he's enigmatic. He doesn't doesn't like talking much about himself. He, yeah, he doesn't fit into your your yeah. uh, civilization stereotype. That's right. He, I mean, rolls. Yeah, he loves birds, <laughs> not other mongooses. Oh, get this! Uh, Alex's usual go to are buffalo trace and larceny. Heyo. But if you want something pricey and fancier, Chestnut Farms is excellent. Ooh. I haven't tried Chestnut Farms. I, never I have tried. It. I mean, I, I I was drinking Buffalo Trace tonight. Yeah. was originally introduced to Ken Height through the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, which oh. is a good podcast, and thrilled to hear him on Blurry Photos. We should definitely have him back. I'm sure we will. Oh, God, yes. One more pun. There was a guy who took a plane across Washington State. On the plane, he asked nearly every single passenger for a couple of dollars. He also asked the flight crew and the pilots to see if they had any extra cash, going so far as to have them radio every tower along the way to see if they could spare a few bucks or maybe parachute or four, promising that he would pay them back after his next paycheck. You know what his name was? What? D.B. Moocher. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Alex LaHoopy. 
Thank you. Uh, next one is up from the Breadmaster. 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 Uh, writes, hi, Dave and David. Hi. Hello. Hi. I've been listening since Ironicus recommended your podcast on his podcast. Thanks, Grant. Uh, Grant. And I've thoroughly enjoyed everything you guys put out. However, binging the entire archives over a period of a couple of months was not my best choice. Agreed. It, it, I don't that, recommend it to up anybody. In your yeah. digestive system and your craw. It'll get stuck in your craw. Yeah, it'll get stuck. Especially in your craw. during the time I should be finishing my master's degree. Yeah, it's not going to help you. Which I did a week before writing this. Congratulations, breadmaster. So it's not just. I mean, he was just bread, but now he's breadmaster. He's a master of bread. Yeah, he's got an uh, MB. Yeah. Um, I cannot seem to remember which episode it was in, but there was one where you guys took on the topic of Pokemon. And this is what a stroke must feel like. Do you remember which one that is? Yeah, where does where did that start? This is what a stroke feels like. I I really don't remember. I feel like you told me one day, like recently, you were like, "Oh yeah, you know that episode." We might have looked it up, but I I, I cannot recall which one, which single episode that was in. But I'll tell you what, we do have that sound effect. Yeah, in the old um, sound effect files for Patreon. I, I don't know if it's month one or month two. We split them into month monthly yeah. installments of sound effects. But I wonder, you know, um, someday, hopefully, we'll get popular enough. Someday, someone is going to go through and do like an episode guide. It's not going to be us. like a wiki. Yeah, it's not going to be us. Yeah, I, but I, I'm not man, do it. maybe maybe someday, some great human being who wants like a free T-shirt would do that. <laughs> and all the inside oh, jokes. See, here's the that, thing that piss everybody yeah. off. Here's the thing, though. Now, that means that if I say that, like five people, it's, this is going to be the fucking hollower certificates all over again. I rescind the offer, not because I don't want it, because it's going to be like, I uh, I did it. I described an episode. Where's my shirt? <laughs> no, I, I can't. That's not how the internet works. I've learned my lesson, <laughs> which by the way, I'm going to send you the, the file for that. And we're just going to put a link on the website so people can download their own hollow earth. Because people still send me, oh, uh, the, I think we've got one printed out. Yeah, here. password is McClintock. Give me the goddamn thing. I think there was a. I put a limit on it, and everyone ignores that well, part. Listen, to th- I, I think there was one certificate that you never sent to anybody. Yeah, it was like the Lisa Frank thing. Yeah, the Lisa or Frank one. It? Literally, no the one ever got it. Or may- maybe I put a limit on that one too, and no one got it. No, actually, no, I take it back. Annie got a certificate that no one else got. Really? Yeah. Was it the Lisa Frank one? No, because I never finished it. I still have it on my computer. Like so many things, never finished. <laughs> Unlucky. Anyway, Unlucky. moving on. So the answer to the question, Breadmaster, is we don't know. But, you know, honestly, the Blurry Photos fan page. Yeah. I'll yeah, bet you maybe somebody good, there knows better spot. than we know. Because I'll tell you what, when, and I, I don't know, maybe as an, as an, my whole life, like as an improviser, when I do, like when I was on stage or even doing the episode, I don't remember it when it's done. That's true. I and so like I, I actually I even listened to it like two or three times, and I yeah yeah. For when he's right editing out. it, he has to listen to it for like eight damn hours. You know, twelve. It, it, yeah. yeah, come on, eight. That, I'm not a Superman. It used to be twelve. We cut it down to eight with the new technology. What is this? We sh- no, it's twelve. <laughs> it takes a long f- time. <laughs> I've got to I've got to cut it down, and then I've got to listen to it oh, to make sure I, I never get all the bleeps this. out. Oh, yeah. Furious, furious, furious. Yeah, Jim, Jim, Jimmy's have been rustled. Uh, so the moral we. of the story is uh, we never remember what we do when it's done. True. When I listen to the episode, I am constantly surprised by what both of us say because I don't remember it. 
So, uh, sorry, I, I don't have a better answer for you there, Breadmaster, but yeah. congratulations on your bread mastery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Have fun going through the archives and trying to find it. That's that's my advice. <laughs> that sounds like a... Like, have, sounds like have fun listening heaven. to Shut more up. of our miserable bullshit. Uh, Dave, we've heard from Bryce. Hello, Bryce. So nice. Oh, boy. Nice to hear from you, Bryce. <laughs> oh. Think twice before. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys, I've got a bone to pick with you. In the Cicada 3301 episode, you talked about the possibilities of a live show on tour, and then you were like, we're not going to Boise, Idaho. That's disappointing because I live in Boise. That was Flora who said that. That was David Flora. Direct your comments to dflora at I'm in trouble.net. So I hope you can find your way here because I'd love to buy you guys a beer for one of our numerous local breweries. Uh, I get it if it's not logistically possible to have a show here, but I'd love if you could make a random detour and let me express my appreciation of the show. Uh, I would, unlike David Flora, I'd love to go to Boise. David Flora doesn't want to bring fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here's the deal. Bryce and and I'm sorry uh, uh, if if you are offended by it. I I wasn't trying to offend Boise or any of its oh, yes, he many was. residents. Shut up for a second. <laughs> He's wearing a T-shirt that says "fuck you." Boise. He's wearing a T-shirt that says "shut up." <laughs> My shirt does say "shut up." So, <laughs> oh checkmate. <laughs> I, I have absolutely nothing against Idaho. In fact, that, that was a spot. That tattoo you have that says, shut up. <laughs> I, I have thought about going to Idaho for vacation. He's got a dog named Kiss My Ass, Boise. <laughs> it's all on a little tiny bone in his collar with his phone number in case she gets lost. I don't even know what you're you're saying anymore. <laughs> you hate Idaho so much. So there's nothing that I there's nothing against Idaho or Boise. The reason I said we're not going to Boise, Idaho, because he hates you, is because that I think that I don't think there's a huge <laughs> listenership. He thinks you don't know how internet works. Bryce, right hands. Dave's having a ball right now. He's having a ball, even though like <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, f- Boise, uh, <laughs> Idaho, potato, right?" <laughs> it's on recording. You're the one who said it. Oh, you Boise bigot. <laughs> I I would love to go to Boise, Idaho. We'll hang out. <sighs> if I don't think Flora will ever talk to me again afterwards, I think I'm a traitor. That was great. D- Dave would sell me out for a Choco Taco. If you have a Choco Taco, let's See? talk. See? Oh. <laughs> See? Oh, God. Oh, we would love to come to Boise, Idaho. Uh, I tell I you would. what, if you can drum up about uh, 50 to 75 <sighs> people that would fill a theater to see us. I'd go just to see you because that's how I am. You know, Flora needs. D- Dave is in a position <laughs> where he can't lose right now. That's the deal. Oh. Anyway, sorry if I offended you, Bryce. <laughs> it was nothing against Boise or Idaho. I'm also sorry on no, behalf he's not. of Flora. No, he's not. I'm so sorry. Read his shirt. I should have stopped him, but I just couldn't. Thanks, Bryce. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Read your, read your next damn email. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, last email uh, is from the... I've got one more. Oh, I thought... I didn't see anything in your hands. Oh. I got another email here from the uh, Boise, Idaho Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> it says, Dear <laughs> I just had to pull my children out of private school because I can't afford to send them to get... <laughs> to get one? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. It was the fact that I you, was I, ruined, I deterred tourism. Yeah, you ruined a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The hardworking people of Boise, Idaho. Got an email from Butternut Squash. Squash? Yeah. No. Squatch. Butternut Squatch writes, sup, yo. Hey. Thanks for the shout out in the BP Supplement 8. That's the Ocho. <laughs> Glad it was worth a giggle. Still love the podcast and thought the live episode was fantastic. So yeah. did we. Uh, if you're able to continue them, maybe annually, I'm going to try to get out to attend one. Um, well, depending on. Hopefully you can we, bring it to Boise. It de- I mean, depending on where in the country you are. Uh, I think we we now have to do a shame episode in Boise. We have to walk through the streets of Boise naked. But you will be. You will be. <laughs> and there's a there's going to be a very stern woman in a nuns habit going lame, <laughs> ringing a bell, lame. I don't know why I think that's so funny. <laughs> I don't know why you're taking so long to read this poor person's. I'm email. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm punchy and I'm exhausted. I'm I'm doing both. Uh, squatching and nutting in Denver. Oh, mile high. That's my town. I love Denver. I miss Denver. Why don't you marry Denver? Well, Denver, the home of uh, an hour with your ex. Now I know. I know. I I could go hang out with them. I could uh, go visit them and do a live show because I don't mind going anywhere or visiting people because I'm a man of the people. I like people. I don't have any prejudice. I I don't know why it's so funny to me. I actually know. I do know why it's so funny to me because the idea that that you would like because you genuinely were worried that you would offend somebody by saying that because you just like rattled off like. The name of any town USA. First thing that popped into your head. You know what pops into people's heads a lot? Dubuque, Iowa. Dubuque isn't like when people have to say, I don't know. I don't know from Chicago to Dubuque. People say Dubuque a lot. You no, just don't. The thing that I love about it is that you just picked a random town and then you were like, oh, shit. I don't want to. Oh, yeah. That's why it's funny to drag you through this because you're so I, you don't want to offend anybody. And that's what makes it delicious. Delicious for you. Just for me. Thanks, Butternut Squatch. One more here, Dave, from Beautykins. Hi, Beautykins. Hi. Just writing in to request my beautiful MS Paint certificate Mother for finishing f-ker. both Hollow Earth episodes. Yeah. Wow. I'm really glad that I mentioned that prior to you reading that then. I feel uh, psychic a little bit. She says, for real, though, I just discovered your podcast through Reddit a few days ago, and I love it. hey oh, Got huh. some Reddit credit. Just invented that phrase. <laughs> No one's ever said that before. I plan on downloading a ton, taking you guys along on my drive from Minnesota to Vermont this summer. Wow. Jeez. That is a haul. How do you go? Do you go up or down? You know, do you go through Canada? Do you go around the, the bottom of the lakes? What, That's what, true. What do you, what do you, yeah, do? what is easier that way? Do you go across? Oh, sweet. Hydroplane. Do you have a skiff? Skiff. Bring some other podcasts, you know, spread it out. There's a real, there's a real saturation danger there. I worry about it. I don't like hearing myself that much. <laughs> uh, she says, my husband's a big fan of puns, and I usually just roll my eyes, but you guys actually make me laugh quite a bit. Oh! <laughs> Take that, hubby. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have one to submit. Have you guys heard of the the new actor? I think no. he's, uh, he's British, and he's doing a new Journey to the Center of the Earth movie. Sweet. Yeah? His name's Colin Earth. Oh, nice. Noise. I don't have to wonder where he fits on the Firth Van Dyke scale. He's right at the top. Or the bottom. <laughs> I also love you guys are in Chicago. Went to college there and miss it every day. Wonder where you went to school. Columbia, maybe? UIC? Uh, DePaul? Northwestern? DePaul? Loyola? We could name all of them. I know. 
Uh, I'm also from Milwaukee. Hey, oh. Or and- the University of Chicago. Sometimes I get into trouble about oh, mentioning that. Yeah, I, I'm glad Couch. I caught that in time. Uh, loved loved hearing about uh, Jay Nathan Couch. I uh, felt like I was listening to something tailored just for me. Well, that's fun. Yes. Um, that's what we want to do. Taking you with me to Vermont. Expect my certificate in my inbox shortly. Well, shortly <laughs> is What's the is date tall, on that email? But, uh, What's the date on that email? Uh, well, you know, we're only only about a month out on this okay. one. Okay. All right. Uh, not okay. not. It don't smell bad, good, but it don't smell bad. Yeah, it's not like a hungry hut yet. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't need it, but it, I yeah. keep it around in case. I, I use it to. to scare a child. <laughs> no. Thank you, Beautykins. Thank all of you for writing. You're glorious. Thank you for your continued uh, five star reviews. I don't think there's someone that didn't quite get the memo. It's five stars that we like. <laughs> That's the number of stars. Yeah. Um, and also five one star reviews. Not the same. Not the as same. One five star review. Not so, the same. You hyperactive yeah. host. So just make sure that it's one five star review, not five one star reviews. Right. Because that's what we've got right now. So uh, thank you guys so much for writing those. They are really, really Love great. Those. I, I, they, I mean it. I like reading those, especially when I'm in a, a piss mood. That's true. Yeah. Happens a lot. All the, I'm a fussy little baby, man. A cry baby. Thanks for all your likes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing that the, probably the best thing you could do besides like just throwing money at us or, or signing up to Patreon or, or something. Or doing push-ups because you'll build a lot of good upper body strength that way. Is to tell people about us. Yes. And spread the word and, and get everybody involved and, and make them love us. Wouldn't you rather tell your friends about us than doing push-ups? I know I would. I would. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather tell your friends about us than just throwing your wallet or purse at us? I'll take both. I mean, we'll, Not we'll proud. take either or. No but, pride. No pride. But it's a great way if you can spread spread the good word there. Uh, go over like the, the fan page uh, yeah. on, on Facebook. Go to Twitter. Follow us at blurry underscore photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out our Instagram account. I just lied. That doesn't even exist. Yeah, we don't. We don't Made go that far. Made it up. Not that far. We're on Stitcher. If you if you need that kind of stuff, your Android, Google Play, all that all that stuff. AudibleTrial.com slash blurry photos will get you a free audio book just for trying it out. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it after thirty days, you can get rid of it. You don't even yeah. have to to keep it for the thirty days. You yeah. can get rid of it, but you keep the free audio book, which is cool. Now I've just finished the Sea Wolves. Mm-hmm. which is a great book all about the history of the Vikings. Oh, I thought it was about the c- wolves, but you were, didn't want to swear. <laughs> no, no, I'd right. say it. I'd say it. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. <laughs> I just say it. I just say it. How was that? It was great. There's a lot of cool history. Did you know that they uh, tried and depending on how you looked at it once or twice, all, pretty much almost succeeded in taking Constantinople? No, I didn't. The Vikings. Well, I know that their predecessors, the Vandals, got pretty pretty f***ing far into the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. They never tried for Rome, although that was like, you know, the big yeah. prize. But they they really rustled some jimmies in Constantinople, yeah, which the, you never think about, right? Right. The Vandals were not f***ing around either. I, they, they're, they're pre-Vikings. They, they're just badass people from yeah, that part of the world. Yeah, but they were on the mainland. They're not, they're not playing games. These guys are coming from Scandinavia. Damn right. That's awesome. uh, anyways, uh, Sea Wolves is a great, great read for you if you like Vikings. I'm on to Song of Susanna in the Dark Tower series. Yeah, you've been really jamming that out. Mm-hmm. In, anyways, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. There's a couple of things you can listen to. If you want to hear some other podcasts that are 100% free and awesome, check out uh, the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. They are a uh, a mercenary unit of some of the world's most skilled killing podcasts. 
Uh, if you can find them, and if you can afford them, maybe you can find the Chicago Podcast <laughs> Cooperative. Ba, 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 an hour ba, with ba, your ex. Um, Tight ba, pencils. Also improvised Star Trek. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, but also, if you want to if you want to put... Jesus Christ. If you want to put Hello from the Magic Tavern on an airplane, you're going to have to sedate it first because it hates to fly. That's true. But yeah, yep. thank you to the the podcast co-op and thanks thanks to Cards Against Humanity as and, always. And the Dark Myths. Dark Myths. Don't forget to go to darkmyths.org, a collection of great podcasts of history, uh literature, mystery, mystery and dysentery. And dysentery. That's a real downer of a podcast by the way. But you get a lot you get a lot of great stuff on there, the lesser boat parts, rumor flies. Uh, history on fire twilight histories is a is a really cool one and that's not about vampires with shiny skin no no it's not Just to be clear but uh yeah go over there check those guys out there's there's tons of great podcasts that you you will enjoy mm-hmm. so so darkmyths.org yeah I, I, I don't know i think that's that's probably it we got don't a store don't it. forget please go uh buy buy shirts and we still got those koozies man mm-hmm. they're they're sitting here and they're doing nothing but keeping the box that they're in cool yeah Keeping them real cool. And and letting your beer in your hand get warm. Warm and sweaty. Uh, so, Gross. So, Have some respect for yourself. Get a koozie. They're five bucks. It's all included. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Go over to Patreon. Sign up. Get get a bunch of stuff. There's just so much stuff A literal to get. wheelbarrow of digital ones and zeros delivered One to One thing that got brought up on the live stream, uh, which you can get at the $20 level. Um, Naked postcards of David and I. In one of them, we were okay. at a rodeo. Another okay. one, we're doing uh, I, figure okay. skating. Okay. One of them, we finger recreated uh, figure skating. The other one, we recreated the dirty dancing lift. You, you've you've thought too and much I about this. Oh, it all to you. One thing that got suggested <laughs> was a way to to access old content that that maybe the extra sodes uh, that come out. Maybe if somebody oh. missed like the first Chrononauts. That's true. We did put a so. Chrononauts out there, and it seems a shame to limit the access. Yeah, but yet we are. Hostage. We're, we're we're thinking about that. We're going to start thinking about how to access that. We're thinking about it. But we're drinking about it. Anyways, that'll do it for this episode <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of Blurry Photos. I have been David Grandpa Flora. Oh, and I have been Dave. You can stick around for the secret track, but you're going to fucking regret it. Stacko. Ah, uh, ma, ga. Damn it, Grandpa! What I tell you? I told you, Grandpa. Again, Grandpa. Seriously, Grandpa. I have to read this <laughs> because A, grammatically doesn't make a lot of sense, and B, I got a story written by George Sukalos. Whoa, what? Yeah. This is this is what you're you're leading off with? Yeah, this isn't this and I'll say this. We don't usually lead off with the site unseen. Oh yeah. But I found this. I downloaded a couple of apps that are just full of ghost stories to go through. And uh I just was while I was finding the one that I'd already looked at, I found this one. And it's called, Did Boy Kill?
Yes, he did. <laughs> oh my God. Sukalo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Okay, here's a story that's so god awful that covers so many shit bases that we can't just put it at the end, just hide it. Okay, we read this, <laughs> and then at the end we realized it was so bad it couldn't even be in the episode. That's right. It so just doesn't go anywhere. So, but we, but we've already recorded it. So, so where's that going to go? Not the ether. It's going to go to your ears. Yeah, your ether. Your ether. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. My ether. There is a there is a st- another story on here called the cat in the hat strikes back. Ugh. Did boy kill? Yes, he did. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> oh. oh. My husband and I are alive. My son is not. Well, not in any way that we know him. I'm not quite sure if he ever was alive or if he was ever really there. Not sure what to believe anymore. Me neither. Melvin Jr. did come to our house the next evening. I swear that's the next paragraph. (laughs) I wanted to go far away for that night, but my husband was having none of it. Said I was being overly paranoid, even accused me of being drunk. My son, of course, denied having the conversation. It was almost as if he forgot he told me about his past life or whatever it was. I made sure Timmy Jr. (laughs) slept with us that night. How many juniors? They can't both be juniors because... Melvin Jr. and Timmy Jr. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. They can't both be juniors. No. No, you can't. Unless it's a different marriage. Oh. Anyway. uh, Made sure Timmy Jr. slept with us that night. I refused to let him out of my sight all day. The waiting and not knowing was debilitating. I remember sitting with my aunt at her house when I was 15, 15 years old. She was waiting to hear from the authorities after getting a call that my cousin and uncle were in a boating accident. It took a week for them to call off the search. It took two months to be told the parts of them washed up on the shore. Woof. I remember thinking back that uh, then that the knowing, though tragic, was better than the waiting. That thought held true for me. Exhausted by every panic-laced minute that passed during the day, I drifted asleep with Timmy Jr. in my arms. I woke with a young boy, the same eight-year-old boy in the photo of the article hovering over me about six inches from my face. He had what I assumed was a knife to my cheek. It was too close to my eye for me to make it out for sure. Paralyzed by fear, I lay frozen in a blank stare at this ghost. He leaned in a little closer to me and whispered, Mummy, your skin. I want to peel it. I screamed in a way that seemed to vibrate the bed. As I did, my husband and son woke and the boy from the photo lifted his knife and thrust downward. I raised my arms to block him, and my husband leapt over to protect me and Timmy Jr. The knife went through my arms and past my husband's torso like a specter until it landed squarely in my son's neck. Timmy Jr. began to convulse as though the knife electrified every nerve in his body. (laughs) My husband started to throw throw fists at Melvin Jr. (laughs) Is that the ghost? Swinging through him and hitting nothing, it is the ghost. I tried to console my boy, to shake him out of it as I lay halfway through the ghost. I tried grasping at the knife in his chest, and then it wasn't in his chest before. Timmy Jr.'s. Yeah, but it was wasn't his, oh, it was in his neck. neck. Yeah, I tried Where did grasping. You find at- this app. <laughs> it's great. Just sh- shut up. Internet. Shut up. I tried grasping at the knife in his chest, and then tried covering the visible rip in his chest, but the knife wasn't physical, and the wound had no blood. I still cannot comprehend what happened. When Timmy Jr.'s body stopped shaking, 
Melvin Jr. disappeared and my son died. My husband tried CPR on my son in an attempt to try to resuscitate him. I sat on the bed next to him, sobbing uncontrollably. When I heard my son cough, I called out his name and prematurely hugged my husband in a relieved embrace. You need to verify first. Timmy Jr. opened his eyes, shifted them to me, and started to talk in a way I've never heard him speak. He spoke to us like a southern belle, confused and startled as though she woke from a coma. Oh, please, please. It's been a few days since he died and came back to life. My husband and I have been having many interesting conversations with our, quote, son. Apparently, his new name is Bridget S. I cannot make out the last name due to the accent. Maybe songs or suds or something like that. And she apparently is from Louisiana. From the conversations we have had, she was also probably around 18 or 19 years old and lived in the late 70s. Timmy Jr. also has not been sleeping well. He will wake up in a horrible pain, grabbing his private parts in agony, or he will wake up and begin to vomit because she can't stand the smell. I don't know what any of it means, but it may be a clue. Can any of you help me find out more details about this Bridget woman? I need to know if something else is coming after my son. The end. I can't read another one of those. We might even not get to use that one. <laughs> oh my God. Who's Bridget? School's out and summertime's here at Six Flags. F*** your face, I already killed myself. F*** your face, I. <laughs> Everybody, come on down to f*** your face before I kill myself. <laughs> so come on down to Six Flags. Just shit on it. Just show up. Shit at the front door, then get back in your fucking car. <laughs> the Coke can. Just shit on it. <laughs> get free parking. Oh, yeah. Do one more. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Please, my name is H.R. Giger. Come down to make your happiness. Oh, where the oh, gum is melting. <laughs> get. Shut get. up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Don't continue the joke thought. <laughs> no. Make an ice cream sex assault on your mouth with semi soft serve. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> uh, let the flavor force itself upon okay okay all right oh, okay all right there's a line <laughs> <laughs> i believe your line was oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously <laughs> i i need my i need everything relaxed to do that <laughs> and when i'm laughing everything's like clenched all right. Shoo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. I, oh. Oh, it stopped my nose up from the from the back. And everything just sort of rebounded. All right. Have a little sip. Have a little slip. Take the... Take no, the, I'm good. I'm okay. good. Okay. <laughs> 
I believe in you. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to be here till midnight. I don't care. <laughs> get, get, <girl. laughs> oh. <laughs> I've made an army of tiny alien dogs to chase a child. <laughs> All because I said one more time. <laughs> I was trying I was trying to clear the deck. I made a sandwich out of sadness and umbilical. <laughs> Do you like the skin bread? <laughs> okay, let's okay. I'm gonna make eye contact with Thor. I'm making eye contact with your Thor teddy bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> so close. Oh, yeah. That was good. It was sexual. Oh, yeah. All right. That's it. We're done. That's it. All right. Starting the episode. That was it.